Hello again, everyone. Welcome to episode 24 of the Red and White Authority. I'm Art Regner, and our special guest is Red Wings team performance nutritionist. Hopefully I got that correct. Lisa McDowell joins us, and uh, Lisa, it's, uh, it's a pleasure to have you here. Uh, thank you for doing the Red and White Authority. Thank you so much for having me, Art. I, uh, I, I you know, I couldn't help when you, you know, we're doing this up here in Traverse City, and you have a kale shirt on, and <laughs> you know, I, I don't really see those that often, I do. but kale is one of these, I guess, vegetables, uh, green things that has really come to the forefront. What is kale, and does it taste any good, or is it something that you know you really have to season up in order to digest it? No, kale actually tastes great as baked chips. So at performance uh, camp in July, we did cooking courses for the guys, and we took all this beautiful organic kale and we baked it in the oven, and they ate it like potato chips. So kale is very high in nitrates, and we know that nitrates get converted to nitrites and then to nitric oxide in the body, so it relaxes your blood flow and it allows you to um, perfuse your muscles a little bit better and it lowers the cost of oxygen for your exercise. I want to set the ground rules straight. I want to know you to know exactly where I'm coming as far as nutrition. I look at kale as enhanced lettuce. Yes. Is that what it is? For sure. Really? <laughs> definitely lettuce on steroids, but legal steroids. Yes. Really? So, and, and, and it's good for you. I mean, has it always been around, or, or have we seen an evolution of fruits and vegetables lately? I think there are more people on the hunt for superfoods. Um, so we know that a, a Skittle is very different than a blueberry or a cherry. And so kale is one of those vegetables that is very dense in micronutrients. So we see a performance benefit from the nitrates in leafy greens, as well as it's very high in vitamin K, so it protects their bones against fractures. So we definitely try to incorporate the greens in as many meals as possible. May I, may I ask, is this a specialty shirt, or can people buy kale shirts if they want? <laughs> you can get kale shirts on Amazon. <laughs> really? You really can't? What, what can't you get on Amazon, I guess? But really, yeah. I mean, I, 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 it's a striking, it's, it, it's a nice-looking shirt. Don't get me wrong, Lisa. It, it just stunned me. I have not seen many people walking around with kale shirts on before. Thank you. Yeah. Everybody will know who I am then, right? <laughs> right, they'll always know. Uh, let's get back to it. As you said, you're the performance nutritionist for the Detroit Red Wings. How did you get involved? with a professional team and obviously it shows just how important nutrition is if a professional team is hiring nutritionists. Now I know that they've always had doctors and in the beginning you know they had like one team doctor and that was basically it who handled everything but everything now is really uh, uh, departmentalized I guess is the word or it's really broken down and nutrition is certainly important. Yeah well I'm just one component of the medical team and the training staff and so we're all working together to keep the guys on the ice and healthy. Um, so I came to the team, this is my seventh season, and I was actually invited to help work with a few of the guys who were um, taking a lot of supplements and were having some side effects related to the supplements. And so we wanted to do a deeper dive into you know, what kind of supplements we were going to use as a team and actually now the NHL has issued memos to the teams that state that if a team is going to buy supplements for the players that they have to be certified for sport by a third party and it's called the NSF. So we want to make sure that we're protecting our players um, in the short term as well as the long term for their health. How difficult is that for you and even for teams? Because we've heard so much, especially when the Olympics come, come yep, around. Where, sure. uh, or yeah, I'm a big tennis fan. Roger Federer had a cold and he couldn't take a Sudafed. Yep. Uh, there, the, it, it, 
is it constantly changing? Because again, going back to tennis, Maria Sharapova yeah. was taking a some sort of supplement for years. It was suddenly on the banned sit, uh, uh, list. She claimed she didn't know about it, and so she, she, you know, she gets caught for doping. Whereas she says, "How can I be doping when I've been doing this forever?" I mean, is it is it a very? It sounds like it's extremely complex, and you really have to be on your toes to know what a, an athlete can take and what they cannot take. For sure. We, we are a food-first organization, and we have done a really great job trying to educate the players on the benefits of those superfoods. So if I were to share with you what our supplement purchases are versus our food purchases, you would see things on our food side that you might consider a supplement. So for example, we use King Orchards, which is a northern Michigan uh, cherry orchard, and they package uh, an ounce of Montmorency tart cherry juice for our players. So cherries are very high in anthocyanins, which help reduce inflammation, similar to Motrin, um, but they also contain melatonin, which can help with um, restful sleep mm -hmm. and resetting the circadian cycle. So you would think that's a supplement, but it's not. It's just 100% tart cherries. It's, it's an incredible product. Also, um, another example, we use Beet Boost, which is the equivalent of six organic beets. Wow. And the guys will take a shot of Beet Boost before a game. Again, that's for the nitrates that go to the nitric oxide and helps reduce the cost of uh, you know, oxygen needed uh, for exercise. Right. They, it's like for, for fatigue, right? I mean, yep. they, they yep. don't get tired as yep. quickly. Yep. So you know, for sure we're looking on um, the superfood hunt. <laughs> so how many colors are in the diet, eating the rainbow. We know that when you eat food that was alive, you feel alive. And so every given day when the guys wake up, how great do they feel? And that's going to impact the rest of their day. And so when they have a super phenomenal day where they feel really strong and played well, they want to think about what did they do the day before? And so a lot of what happens with um, our routine, because it's such a long season, is we want to try to hardwire those choices that make it easy for the players to select delicious food that's good for them. Um, and you know, the, on any given day, the average American makes 400 food choices. We're wow, exposed 400. to 400 food choices. And so we want to take out all those, you know, the, the McDonald's the menu is that long? Four hundred yeah, choices. And, and I can give you so many funny examples with our own team. You know, the you go into Home Depot to buy paint, but there's the hot dog stand, that kind right, of thing. Right, right, right. Oh yeah, right. You know, and they they'll turn each other in. <laughs> so so I, I, I get to hear about you know some of those choices. You know, you said something interesting. You said uh, that that food that's alive. Food, vegetables, fruits—they're alive. They are—they right. are actually alive. I mean, I—you I, know—it's. Uh, I try to explain that to people. They are living organisms. Now, let me ask you, and this is going to sound—and maybe this is my ignorance showing here—is meat the animal was alive, or is that considered live, or is that considered because you know they have to be slaughtered in order to be eaten? I, I for sure. I, I, you know, I, I don't. You know, what? Where's? The, is there a deviation between that? Is that why a lot of people? choose to be vegans. Yeah, we, we are seeing a lot of players coming to us asking about vegetarian and vegan options, um, more so with Prospect Camp this year. And I think there's more attention surrounding how our animals in the United States are being raised. So the addition of hormones and antibiotics, um, arsenic and chicken feed, things like that, we know that that does not promote health. So looking at the connections between some of those additions into our food system with these animal feed operation lots, they're called CAFOs, we know that those animals are not treated very well right. and then are given so many antibiotics because they're in their you know, own excrement. Right. So it's, it's difficult. So we're, when we do serve our players meat for the, for the players who choose to eat meat, they are being served meat that does not have added hormones and antibiotics. What, is, is that becoming a trend now in the United States where you're seeing more and more meat options like that? 
It is. I think consumers are demanding it. We saw it with dairy products with recombinant bovine growth hormone. Right. So a lot of the milks, um, they there was a lawsuit arguing that they were not any different. But in the end, the consumers are voting with their wallets. And so the demand is there. So then the big box stores like Costco and Walmart and Sam's and Myers, they they are now sourcing to dairy farmers that don't add those hormones into their milk. How important we, I think again, consumers, and we'll get into the whole Red Wing aspect of this, but this is this is this is a podcast that benefits everybody. It mm-hmm. really does because you know nutrition is you know it just doesn't begin and end with professional health. Everybody eats. <laughs> right, right. That's exactly right. Everybody does eat. Uh, you know, we, we always see labeling or, you know, all natural, 100%, uh, you know, unsweetened. And then you find out, yeah, well, it's not really, it, it isn't all natural and it is sweetened. I, is it difficult? If, if people want to eat better, I guess is what I'm trying to say, and they go into a store, is there a, what should they be looking for? What, what you know, instead of, because, you know, it, Let's face it, you know, Madison Avenue, those guys are sharp. You know, they know how to, you know, twist a phrase and get a product. And for you to say, oh, God, I'm eating healthy. And before you know it, you're really eating maybe something that isn't completely terrible, but it's kind of junky for you. That, that's a great question. And so what we try to do with our team is teach them how to read food labels so they know what to look for um, for a great product. I have funny, you know, examples where guys will text me and say, what is the best ice cream I could buy if I were to buy ice cream? Right. If I happen to be in the ice cream aisle, what should I get? Right. <laughs> um, and so, you know, guys like Justin Applicator, he is very knowledgeable about reading food labels. He's somebody who is committed to always, you know, looking for the healthier product and being a good role model to the youth, um, you know, talking about eating foods like oatmeal, mm-hmm. and he, he's a fan of low sugar, cold pressed juices, things like that. But I, I, I try to educate the players to avoid products that have um, what, what, what I call the wolf in sheep's clothing. So products that, like you say, um, have a health halo effect. Right. They're trying to market themselves as healthy or some type of competitive edge for health or sport. But when you look at their label, they could have 40 to 60 grams of sugar. One one great example is a product that um, on the label it says kale blazer, no sugar added. And when you turn it over, it has, I think, 40 to 60 grams of sugar in it. So that right there does not support elite sport because you're going to spike your blood sugar and then the insulin is going to cause you to... Uh, you know, not uh, tap into your fat stores, you're going to use your glycogen stores. So we, we try to eliminate products that have a lot of added sugar, have um, ingredients that were manufactured in a lab. So again, if you can't read the label um, because the ingredients are so complicated that they're chemical in structure. Right, sounds like a chemistry class or something. Yeah, so during prospect camp, we had two of our guys um, from Harvard and Yale. Um, so it was Adam Larkin who goes to Yale um, in Esposito? Esposito from Harvard. Right. And they were reading the backs of labels from some of the energy bars that are out there. And I, I was just trying to make a point that you can be in the Ivy League and still can't read those labels. Right, they're, right. they're garbage products. And then I showed them a couple of other bars where the, the products were simply, you know, cherries and bananas. That, that was it. Or dates and, and blueberries. Wow. Well, when I go into a store and I'm, I'm picking up a product, I look at three things. I want hardly any sugar content. Right. Low sodium and carbohydrates, I don't want a lot of those. Is is that like, I'm gonna just use this term, the average American, are those the three things that they should concentrate on or is there something else on the label besides besides those? Uh, you know, I know like saturated fats isn't, you know, isn't good for you or, you know, cause I think people are really, really confused. I, I, I think, think there's so a too. will to, to, to eat properly, yeah. but you know, they're, they're, because look, I can go and buy a, I can start a product which could be total junk, but I could, you know, buy the name all natural food or something, 
and it's not, but I still own it, so I can say it. I mean, I'm, it's not even false advertising. I mean, it's it's crazy how this all this is just so jumbled up. It is. I, I would also say that we look at the actual ingredients. How many ingredients are in the product? So for example, a tomato doesn't need a label right. because it's a tomato. Right. A Big Mac has 72 ingredients in it. You've got to be kidding me. No, 72? 72. So I, I teach Is them... Is meat one of them? <laughs> So I, I teach them to look at, at the ingredients, what is in there, and then what type of fat. Um, so we try to avoid products that have trans fatty acids, things that we know clog the arteries. Again, we, we want the foods that are dense in the micronutrients, right. vitamins, minerals, phytochemicals, and those foods don't need a label because they are things like spinach and pomegranates and mushrooms, right? They're, right, they're, right. they're just the apple. So we go back to, you know, the, the lessons, uh, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. There's a reason for these sayings, right? So apples are very high in the right type of fiber that has been shown to help with cholesterol. Um, in fact, there's a study that compares apples to statin drugs for people who have high cholesterol. And if you were to eat an apple every single day, there's a great study out there that has shown that it's as efficacious as taking a statin drug to control cholesterol. Really? So very interesting. Um, and then we know the old saying, Popeye was strong to the finish because right. he ate his spinach. spinach. Oh, yeah. I, love, I love Popeye. <laughs> okay. I don't so, know what he's selling olive oil, but you know. Okay. I, I, but so many of the guys don't know who Popeye is. Oh, really? Well, yeah. So I show <laughs> I mean, well, well, he is from like 1930, right? I know, I know. But some of the Europeans look at me like, who, Lisa, I don't know who Popeye is. That's what they say. But again, Popeye was strong. And again, because we knew that that nitrate content right. in the spinach can help with your muscular blood flow, right? Right. So Popeye was strong to the finish. Well, so now you bring up a really interesting <laughs> point, though. So, so chances are, and I'm not trying to label all food bad or anything, but when you walk into a store, if you really want to eat healthy, you should probably pick up something that's tangible. And when I mean tangible, it's an apple yep. or it's, it's, it's a vegetable, not something that comes from a can. Yep. Now, would, would, our, we always hit this, like canned vegetables, frozen vegetables, they're just as good as the they regular are. stuff, they are. are they? The cans, you want to make sure, don't have BPA in them. Um, okay. So some of the linings in the cans right, have right. been shown to disrupt hormones. So we look for the BPA-free cans. Um, Again, I understand that it's a long season. So during the season, we try to follow the 80-20 rule, where 80% of the food choices for the day is really supporting performance on, on the ice. And then the 20% is to live a little, right? Really? So in hockey, those choices, that 20% that, that is typically ice cream, in beer. I know you're going to get them to stop the beer there, Lisa. I can't mess with the beer and ice cream or they would throw me off the airplane. Um, during the playoffs, we try to do 90% um, functional and 10%, you know, a sweet treat here and there, um, but obviously not beer during the playoffs. Um, so, so looking at at that from the standpoint of where where are their calories coming from to make them perform you know, their strongest. In, in the example of you wouldn't fuel a Formula One race car with the same fuel that you would put into your lawnmower, right, right? right? So we're not going to fuel these elite athletes who are so tremendously gifted and who have worked so hard to get here with processed food. We want to feed them these foods that we know are very high in the micronutrients that can help with their performance and their recovery. When you look at the new arena, Little Caesars Arena, and you look at the Red Wing room, mm -hmm. first of all, it's gigantic. It's beautiful. It is. The it's, kitchen's it's, so beautiful. Yeah, and they have, that's, that's my point. They have this elaborate kitchen. Mm -hmm. I would assume that they're going to have a chef. Yep. And are you overseeing that menu of what they're eating? Is, will you be planning out their meals? I am, yep. I, I will. Um, I've been meeting with our chefs from Delaware North at Little Caesars Arena and looking at some of the performance menus for post-game. 
We, we know that once the game is over, we have this really narrow window to get better for the next day. So there's a lot of attention on recovery. So um, there's no such thing really as overtraining. It's under recovering. Really? In, the, in the gains that we make are in that window before they go to sleep. So within 10 minutes of getting off the ice, we want them to be able to drink something. So Mike Kadar, our strength and conditioning coach, is making wonderful shakes for them. So they're drinking a recovery shake pretty immediate. Um, they don't feel hungry after playing a game. Your, right. your appetite is definitely Yeah, their blunted. adrenaline is so high yeah. at that point. But, but they need to drink because that turns the switch off. So it is tells it also, your body. Is it also hydration? It's also hydration, but that turning that switch off tells your body, okay, as soon as you start to swallow, mm -hmm. you know that you are no longer catabolic and you're not breaking down your muscles and going through more glycogen. So it... it it is telling your body you're building up now and um, it's time to recover. And then we like to feed them within an hour of the game finishing. So they're drinking within 10 minutes and then eating within the hour. And then that meal is very specific to recovery. We are also doing a cold pressed juice that has things like turmeric and ginger that we know can help with recovery and the inflammatory response to exercise. Well, the drink that they have, um 10 minutes after the game, just before they open up the room to the media, I yep. guess, and they're, they're yep. drinking, is it a, is it a milkshake, is it a fruit smoothie, is it a, is it, is it your, your kale kind of uh, thing? I cannot tell, it. Oh, competition really? might be listening. Oh, really, right, <laughs> <laughs> trust me, the whole, the whole, the entire NHL listens to this podcast, so, so, but, but, I, but is it? It's a recovery protein that has um, specific um, amounts of leucine, so, it, so it's targeted for recovery. It has all of the components that we need for recovery right away. Well, I would imagine that we all know what the meal that they're eating an hour afterwards is Little Caesars Pizza. So that's that's no secret to the league. Um, I do smile when I see guys having a piece of pizza before they eat their real meal. <laughs> it's everywhere. It's though. everywhere, and they, they just love it. You know, right. they they love a piece of pizza. It's the guys who you know re request all these you know, elaborate meals, but then you'll see them eating a piece of pizza. <laughs> it just makes you laugh. <laughs> right, right. Well, they probably, it's you know, okay. But that's it's human part nature, of the 80 right? You know, people are kind of rationalizing. You know, you know yep. I can have a piece of pizza if I'm going to eat some kale. Yep. And, you know, again, that, that concept of 80-20. So I like to give them a list of foods that we really try to incorporate every single day. So things like berries, we know are awesome um, for, for so many different reasons. If you think about the rainbow, eating the rainbow, all the foods on the spectrum of the rainbow give you different phytochemicals. So yes, we want to eat five to 10 fruits and vegetables a day, but we also want the, all the different colors in the day. So like in your pineapple, you can get That's the pain, yellow, right? right? So that can help break bruises down. And then in your reds, you get your beets for your nitrates. In um, Blue your, is blueberries? Blue or? is blueberries, right? Um, Green is kale. Kale, spinach, uh, asparagus, broccoli is so high in sulforaphane, which has been shown to protect us against cancer. Um, we do a lot of matcha teas, um, sauerkraut for the probiotics, oh, wow. different mushrooms like chaga, reishi, cordyceps, lion's mane, those are wonderful. Sweet potatoes for the beta carotene, the good carbohydrate, the good fiber, lots of different herbs and spices. They're very high on, um, it's called the auric scale, mm -hmm. which if you think about Pac-Man and getting rid of the free electrons that are floating around our body after exercise from the damage of exercise, they help to get that out of the body um, you know different types of um, so broccoli sprouts pomegranates chia seeds we use um, chia seeds were the fuel of uh, the Mayan Indians and so we, we know that they swell to 11 to 12 times their size so they hold on to fluid and help us with hydration which is really key we use collagen um, avocados um, support a lot of the testosterone health they're a good monounsaturated fat precursor for testosterone so all, all these different foods we try to like I said, hardwire into their day. So if they show up at the ring for breakfast, they can get spinach in their omelet. Um, so it, it's very So specific. eggs are okay or on they, a limited they, basis? They do um, eat their eggs. Um, 
some of the guys um, are more vegetarian and are not eating eggs, but we make it available to the ones who, who do want to eat it. Um, I know a lot of interest um, are surrounding this documentary that's been out there looking at all of the animal products. Right. So more players are asking. We've always tried to provide a lot of plant, um, you know, side entrees, but now we're making more vegetarian entrees as well. Well, yeah, I, I, what I find real curious about this, and we haven't really talked about this, but, but two things that, um, I, well, Americans love meat, we'll, we'll get into a little more of a meat discussion, I think, a little bit later here, but is cheese, cheese seems to be, uh, you can't go anywhere, I mean, the, the yeah. cheese counter has expanded in every grocery store in America, and then we haven't, and, and let's bring this in too, is seafood. Uh, we hear good and bad about seafood that usually everyone thinks seafood should be good but more because of what we throw into the water and what exactly. these fish are digesting makes it bad for you or mercury levels uh, yeah. and God only knows what so yeah. how yeah. careful should we be about seafood and also is eating cheese a good thing it, it, I guess it's fat and a little protein I would imagine but in the grand scheme of things, it's not quite as bad as everything else, or am I just hoping you say that? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, my, my response will be politically correct. Okay. There's no downside to eating more fruits and vegetables and whole grains, okay. right? I don't think that we need necessarily to consume the, the cheeses. Um, naturally, you're going to find hormones in those cheeses, and so again, how those impact our body. So we, we do try to limit the amount of animal products, and we're giving, you know, a lot of support with the, the fruits, the vegetables, and the whole grains. Really? Now, if, if, if a wing comes in and wants to have some cheese in his omelet, oh, yeah. is there a specific cheese that you would that you would favor over others. So we, we do use an organic cheese that doesn't have added hormones. Yeah. Okay, so that would be, and is that something that would be read, readily yes. available? So, yes, that is so, readily. So would that label say no hormones on yep. it? And if yep. it says if, that we would yep. believe if that? If it says organic, then it does not have hormones. Yep. Okay, added. so anything no organic added. is no Yep. What about seafood? So again, seafood with, with like you said, the larger fish like tunas, um, the, the bigger the fish weighs, um, right. the more mercury accumulates in the PCBs really? and things oh, like wow. that. So, and, and it's interesting because a lot of our uh, Norwegian guys, um, you know, will eat sardines. So the smaller the fish on the food chain, the less contaminated they are. So. Um, incorporating those in. We, we purchase wild Alaskan salmon, um, so it doesn't, it's not farm-raised. Again, they're introducing antibiotics into the, the fish when they're in such close proximity. So wild caught is the way to yeah, go. Yeah, wild caught is the way. Um, you know, other things, um, other superfoods, I can't forget watermelon. You talk about right, hydration. Right. I know Johan Franzen was a big watermelon guy. Well, watermelon is one of the best foods for sport, for sure. Really? Because watermelon has... It's, it's all water, right? It's a, a large percent water, which helps with their rehydration. But it also has a, an amino acid called L-citrulline, which is a precursor to arginine, which then makes nitric oxide. So it's a nitrate wow. precursor. Wow. So very good. Um, so watermelon, you know, the guys joke because what it does is it relaxes your blood vessels almost like a full body Viagra, but without the side effects. <laughs> well, you know, I, I mean, I don't want to give Johan secrets away, that's, but he used to it. claim that, yes. It's true, and it's, it's true. So again, it lowers the <laughs> oxygen cost of uh, playing hockey. And then the, the addition of turmeric. So we, we have been doing some curry spices. Uh, we don't want the locker room to smell like curry, so right. at Joe Lewis we had very small spaces to feed the players, so we didn't use a lot of curry there. Well, you can now at this new <laughs> yeah. place, right? Yeah, I mean, we have I a beautiful imagine. kitchen. Yeah. 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 So, um, I know we're jumping around all over here, but um, let's go back to development camp, because the one reason why I certainly wanted to do a podcast with you uh, is that the one thing that each and every player, whether they were North American or whether they were from Europe, European or other parts of the globe, and their, no matter what their age was and all that, although they were all right around basically the same age, the one thing that they took away was nutrition. And what they really took away was is that even though they had personal trainers and some may even have a nutritionalist, they didn't realize just how poorly they were eating. 
And, you know, I, I know uh, one of the Red Wings, Casper uh, Katkinsalo, said that, <laughs> said that he was definitely going to talk to his own personal chef, his mom, and make sure that she started giving them more, better food. I guess you're not surprised by that, but by me, you telling this, but it's odd that here you have a group of high-caliber elite athletes in yeah. their own right, yeah. uh, most of them NHL draft picks, who were stunned to find out that they were not putting the best things they could into their body. Yeah, it's. I, I've looked at a lot of food records from athletes over the years, from Olympic athletes to other professional athletes, and I would say the majority of athletes are very good at getting their food records to what I would call a C plus or a B minus. And at development camp, I, I looked at the routines of our players and, and I would say that was mostly true. Most of them were a C plus or a B minus, meaning they know that they have, um, that they're an elite athlete and they, they need to eat better. So they're choosing things like pretzels instead of Doritos or they're choosing applesauce as a snack. So I would look at those records and I could make just really little minor tweaks. So it's not so much what I take away from their day, but what I would add to it to really inject the, the foods that are high performance foods. The ones, like I said, that like berries, like that's totally missing. I could look at a food record and see nothing blue. There's no, there's no um, purple grapes, right? There's no right. blueberries. Um, so we wanna make sure that they understand all the different phytochemicals that are coming from eating the rainbow. And so we really dug deep into that and we talked about how you can take your own day, what you've already got hardwired into your routine. So these guys, they're, they're very far along and they have their routines already. But what we did was we had them really stop and think, how is your routine supporting your recovery? because the gains are made at recovery, and then how does your routine help your sleep? There's so many issues related to sleep and so many guys who struggle with that. And so we know that there are different parts of our routine that can help with that, and then also hydration. So it's interesting that you heard that from them. Um, many of them have gone through the system with a billet, maybe didn't have the skills to, to really eat out. When, when I uh, first started doing the cooking classes here in Traverse City, a, a lot of local chefs would, would help us and we would teach the guys like nine different recipes in 90 minutes with five ingredients or less and just whole foods. So there was nothing from a box. So we were just, and not even recipes, it was more what I would call assembly, how to assemble a dish. So they really gained knife skills and they were able to, you know, know how to translate to a shopping list. So I give them shopping lists for the big box stores like Costco, because right. these guys eat a lot. <laughs> you know, some of their right. calorie needs are right. just right. Well, off they, the they burn it off. They burn they, it their, off. Their right. engines like crazy, right? right. right? Um, when we first got Danny to Kaiser, I'll never forget. I got a text from Mike Babcock that said um, he looks more like a marathoner or a triathlete than a defenseman. <laughs> like he's so lean because he, he came, is cause, lean because he came off of his Western season. Uh -huh. He had finished at Western, Western and, Michigan, then, right? and then came right to us. And he had lost you know weight from playing his whole season at Western, and then he was put into our lineup. Um, so that was really something, you know, how, how could we support his calorie needs? And so he was eating, you know, as much as he could, but he eats like it's his job. He's all over it. He pays attention to that detail. He knows that his furnace burns high, where other guys, they don't get to eat as many calories. Well, rumor around, around you know, for the media, it was that the Kaiser eats like 12,000 calories a day and still really yep. has trouble maintaining weight because of his body type. How yep. much is it genetics and genes yep. and all that stuff too? It's, you know, it's definitely a challenge um, with that type of body. And so he is unique on our team. He definitely burns the most, I would say. Um, Danny is somebody who could eat three avocados in a day wow. and, and still not gain weight. So he, he does everything right. He, he's you know, he knows how to grocery shop, how to make recipes, and um, it's just a real challenge when, when your metabolism is that high. Yep. Right. I be, I, you know, going back, I mean, I can remember years ago, the late, great Sean Burr told me that, you know, he would see 
you know, uh, a piece of steak and gain 15 pounds. And when Sergey Fedorov first came here, he said Sergey is eating steaks, baked potatoes with sour cream, and didn't gain any weight yep. at all. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes, even though you might have good intentions, you really do have to be careful based on what your heredity is, right. I guess, as De well. Definitely. And so we do a lot of elite testing, and it was interesting because even at Prospect uh, Camp, we do this. And so it's it's an opportunity for us to, I guess, pop the hood on the car, on the Ferrari, <laughs> okay. and take a look. And so we like to make the guys look perfect on paper. So we know that there are different tests, different target ranges right. that we want them to be at. So for example, vitamin D is something that we measure on our players because it, vitamin D is a hormone that's activated by UVB rays. Yeah, so it's by the you, sunshine. Yeah, you yeah. don't get this enough and so sun. so Michigan is one of the states that gets the fewest amount of sunshine for yeah, part of the year. And then, you know, other countries because of their geographical latitudes like Sweden, they say like most of Sweden is deficient in vitamin D. And I think we have six Swedes on our team. So when, when you look at their levels, we know that there's a sweet spot for where we want them to be because it protects against bone fractures and um, it helps them with their energy and their muscle fatigue. Um, in, in there's something called seasonal um, affective disorder where you feel sad during the winter. And again, it's because you don't have your vitamin D. So we, we look at each player's level, and this is an area where maybe food can't be used um, because there's not a lot of food sources of vitamin D that are high enough to correct deficiencies. So if they're not getting sunshine in Michigan in December, January, February, then we, we have to use supplements, especially for guys if their vitamin D levels come back in the single digits, which we, we have seen. Really? You know, there's some very severe you know deficiencies. So we want to protect them. When they travel on the road to California, for sure they're out on the beach. Actually, the Wall Street Journal picked up um, a story on them playing, I think it was in Huntington Beach, playing volleyball on the beach without their shirts on, but they were out there to get their vitamin D. Really? <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> Looking at it, go to a place like Alaska where it's either 24 hours of darkness, yep. sometimes 24 hours of sunlight. Can you build it up, or is this something that you have to constantly do throughout the year? You have to, you have to get. It. You can say, well, listen, I just, you know, I, I I've been out in the sunlight for the last three months. You know, now it's going to be dark, but I don't have to need to worry about vitamin D. I yeah. know this is kind of an extreme yeah. example I'm throwing out there, but you know, because people are always trying to rationalize. Well, okay, I can get away with it because I did it. So now I'm okay for a while. Yeah, and th this is why it's so important to test our athletes because we do see some extremes where maybe a player will respond very positively to a supplement where others not so much. And so we don't want their levels to get too high right. and we don't want them to be too low. So during the summer, many of the players take a break from all supplements and they really? just get natural sunshine. And they're great and they're fine, but then come September, October, the sun just isn't hot enough. It isn't. Wow. So 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 heat does play into yeah, it as well. Yeah. Yep. Where where the sun is located. Yeah. It it just doesn't activate it enough. So we might have to use supplements. Other things that we'll look at uh, for supplements. And again, we're only using the NSF certified products. And the supplement industry is over a hundred and twenty billion dollar industry in the United States right, yeah, and they're right. not regulated there's a lot of bad guys on the market and for for parents listening to this I would suggest if you are going to allow your um, athlete to, to consume supplements that you look for the NSF certified supplements um, and it's right on the label it's, there? Yep, it's a, it's a blue circle that says NSF. Um, they have a nice website. And so they're just a third-party tester. They, they don't sell the supplement. Right, they're, right. They're they'll just test a, them, and yep. then if they give the label, then yep, that company then okay. can put the label on their product. Yep, and so then from there, we try to vet out, well, what are the best NSF-certified products? So just because they're NSF-certified doesn't mean they're awesome. We have to look at what is the best whey protein 
what is the best fish oil? So we know that DHA, a component of fish oil, can play a role with concussions. So what is the best form of DHA that we can get? In, in the winter time, when we're in close proximity, a probiotic um, is something that some of the guys like to use, especially for the ones who aren't eating things like Greek yogurt or eating sauerkraut or kimchi, um, then, then they may take a probiotic. Kimchi, wow, that kimchi is good. For, yeah, they're fermented vegetables. Right, yeah. right. They're, yeah. they're buried under the ground, right? Yeah. yeah. A buddy of mine came back from Korea after the service, and mm -hmm. he was addicted to this stuff. Yeah. So, so, so really of, good yeah, for your yeah. GI tract. Really, yeah. really. Yeah. Kimchi is. Uh, yeah. It tastes good. good I mean, it, it's yeah. It's that's, that's interesting. The other supplement that we would look at is um, some of the electrolytes that we might need. Um, could be at a higher level. So we actually do sweat rate testing on our players where they wore like a patch on their forehead and after an hour we would take the patch off and then look at their sodium content of their sweat and then how much sweat they're losing in an hour. So for example, Howie uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Howard, Howard yes. loses 12 and a half pounds in an hour of practice. Really? really? Which is just an unbelievable amount. He, he's a heavy sweater. But he's not a heavy sodium sweater, thank God, because that would be really hard to keep up with. Where Gus Nyquist, um, he loses about 1,500 milligrams of salt in his sweat in an hour, which is a lot. So the, there's a range on our team, it's like 600 milligrams to 1500 milligrams. So when you and I sweat, we sweat different electrolytes, right? right and right. so everybody has a different sweat rate and the components, the sodium, potassium, magnesium, chloride, they're all different in, in the sweat. So we try to customize, you know, individualize their rehydration products according to how they're sweating. So each athlete is different. One size does not fit all. So somebody like Gus Nyquist, you can tell like he'll leave. You know you're a salty sweater if you see white salt on your well, I mean, armpits or, or you leave you know, salt on your cheeks after, after you sweat. Right, I was going to say to you because you can see it yep. in Major League Baseball yep. or on athletes, depending on how their cap is, if they're sweaty, if they have white on it, yep. you, yep. You, that sweaters. salt, that salt, or even on their uniform or something. Yep. So, uh, so there's this is, really is, is it good or bad? To, 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 is it because you're always here? Well, sweat it out, sweat it out, sweat it out. Yeah, so is we, that, we just have to keep up with it. Um, so for every pound, so he needs to. So he needs to know. Have more sodium after he yeah. sweats so, that way. So every pound that an athlete uses, you need to replace that with about 16 to 24 ounces of fluid. Wow. So if you do the math, that's pretty significant. Yeah, it definitely So like is. guys like Pat Pavel Datsuk would lose six, seven pounds in a game. So that, you know, that's... That's significant. So then they're they're trying to keep up with that post game, right. drinking enough, and then getting the right electrolyte supplements. Um, but then they don't want to get up in the middle of the night to have to pee. So it's tough because we right. don't want to interrupt their sleep. Right, sleep right. is so so critical. Right. I I don't want you to think I'm too much of a jerk here, but is there anybody who actually gains weight after they play a game? No. Is, is that is that would not, be damn near impossible? Yeah, not right. On our, not on our team. No. Mm -mm. But really, for any, I mean, usually if you exert yourself, you're going to, you're, you should at least stay the way you are or lose some pounds, right? Yeah. Well, I, I, a funny thing, I, I like to run marathons, and my husband runs them with me, and uh, he eats during, like, the Disney marathon because they have food at every mile. Oh, so really? he's somebody who would gain weight during <laughs> right. the marathon. So he actually is heavier after yeah. the race is yeah. over. Well, that's, well, good for him. I mean, a man after my own heart, I guess. Uh, uh, one thing we do hear about, and we haven't talked about it, and I know I've talked to you um, um, off the air here on not doing a podcast, is that there seems to be a debate about multivitamins, and we're bombarded on TV, you know, over yes. 50 or, yes. you know, Centrum this, and I, I know I'm doing some brain, but is a multi, is there a good multi -grain, uh, multivitamin, which is also now full of minerals and vitamins, yep. Yep. or is that something that, even though you might end up taking more than, I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, we here in America, we want one pill, the, the elixir, you know, let's take it down and boom, we're good. Is that even viable, really? Or do, do we have to take a number of different things, you know, within reason, in, in order to, to be healthy? So 
My response is you have to know what your intake is. The majority of people do not need a multivitamin with minerals. If you are eating a well-balanced diet with a lot of different colors, fruits and vegetables, you should not need to take a, a multivitamin. So the evidence, the, the position from the American Medical Association is such that you want to be cautious, right? So the reason we do blood testing, for example, if you look at iron, men do not need to take iron. They are not losing blood, mm -hmm. so they don't need iron like women do. So if a man were to take a multivitamin that has iron in it, we know it's a pro-oxidant and it gets deposited in the cardiac muscle, which could later on cause a heart attack. Really? So we don't want men to have high iron levels. So when we're looking at our, our blood work, iron, ferritin, hemoglobin, hematocrit, we want them to be optimized because they help us carry oxygen to the muscle, but we don't want them to be too high. And if you take too much iron, then you risk not um, absorbing your zinc because there's a, a competition for the absorption site there. You know, other examples, there are studies that show the wrong form of vitamin E has been linked with prostate cancer. The wrong amount of beta carotene has been linked with lung cancer. Those studies are very real. So it's my job to protect the players, to make sure that they're informed about vitamins and minerals. And if we are going to use one, we're not going to do mega doses, right? We're gonna mm -hmm. correct deficiencies. So I am looking at folate levels and B12, the things that give us energy. There, there's a genetic polymorphism, um, it's called a single nucleotide polymorphism, that um, shows us the players that have a difficult time methylating folate, and so they might need a different type of B vitamin, um, or if they can just get it in their food. But that, that's just an example of individualizing it. For the general population, I, I would prefer people get their nutrients from food. I personally do not take a multivitamin um, or trace elements. I, I feel that my diet is well-rounded and I don't need to do that. But the one supplement out there that I think um, we're a little short of is the omega-3 fatty acids, the right. fish oil, and of course the vitamin D in the wintertime here. Yep. So omega-3 seems to be the, the, the uh, you know, I know, uh, I take omega-3. Yep. I mean, I was told you gotta, you gotta take that. Uh, you know, this has really been, this is really kind of fascinating. And uh, I, I wanna go back to, uh, and I think again, looking at society as a whole and fast food nation yep. and all that, yep. people, <laughs> whether they, everyone believes that their, you know, time is of the essence here, that I'm always doing something, I'm rushing around, I'm rushing around. So for convenience, fast food is the way to go. I can just go grab my burger, grab whatever it is, and, you know, hey, I'm, I'm eating. You know, I may not be eating, but I need food. I need food. I need to digest something. I need to get energy. You know, I can't be lethargic. Yet most of that stuff probably does make them lethargic. But my point, again, being is this, is that people look at eating healthy as not being a convenient or quick way, that you have to work at it. Yeah. Is there any kind of elixir or something that you can say, listen, it's not as difficult as you do. Here are three easy things that you can do and you're, you can turn your diet around and your health around as far as eating just like that. Yeah. Or is that is I, that impossible? I, I think it's good to like front load the week. Um, so you're right, it does take planning and some thought. I'm a family of four, so if I'm packing four lunches and I'm trying to eat the rainbow and everybody likes apples and I'm packing five lunches, that means I need to be buying 20 apples for each family member to get an apple a day. Right, right, right. right. So you have to think about it at the grocery store. So how are you going to get the rainbow in? And setting it up maybe on Sunday when you have a little more time. So washing the grapes, putting them in baggies, bags of carrots, you know, the apples. So really making sure, because if you're hungry, you should be hungry enough to eat an apple. Like if, if you're not hungry enough for an apple, like you want the mm -hmm. chips, then you're, you're not hungry enough, right? So that, that's kind of the gauge. Wow, that's that's really interesting. I know when whenever I do, because my weight has fluctuated on and off. I mean, I know how to eat well, and I have. And when I do, it's amazing how the pounds just melt, literally melt away. And exercise is important too. I mean, obviously, uh, for, for the regular person. But I end up doing a lot of prep work 
during the you know yep, you know exactly. I, I, I built I make a lot of stuff or vegetables or whatever yep. and over the course of the week then you know portion size we haven't even talked about that portion size is pretty important too yep. and I think once you start the thing I've always found out when I'm in my health mode is that how much food you really need and how much food yep. you think you need. Yep. And so again, like with the prospects, we showed them plates, pictures right. of plates. And anybody could go on the Olympic website and Google this. They have three wonderful pictures for an easy training day, a medium training day, or a hard training day. It's also on the Red Wing website. But it shows you, so if you're somebody who's very calorie conscious and you're not able to do a lot of physical activity, then really half of your plate should be colorful fruits and vegetables. Really? Yeah, and then is, so it's the earn your carb mentality, then is you're training a little more, doing more physical activity, then more of the calories can come from the carbs. Um, and then on hard training days, which for our guys, it's usually like the night before a game, that's when we want to make sure we're optimizing their glycogen stores. Well, well yeah, I wanted to, because we always hear about an athlete or something, they'll yeah. say, oh, I had a carb up, I had a carb up. When we think carbs, a lot of people think pasta. Is pasta good? Because we always hear pasta might not be good for you because it really turns itself, if you don't burn it off, it turns itself into sugar, and that's not good. Yeah, and I think pasta maybe got a bad rap because it's a poor portion control issue. Mm -hmm. You think about people sitting down to just a huge Italian platter, right? right? right. And it's hard to stop because it's so good. Right. So, so if you look at our meals throughout the season, we do continue to have pasta on our training table, but you'd be surprised. There's also asparagus, and there's broccoli, and there's spinach salad, and there's avocado toast, and lots of different options, so you don't have to just have a big plate of pasta. But for hockey, carbohydrates are the fuel you know that we need, um, so for sure they need to be getting adequate carbs. We just want them to be the super complex carbohydrates that are high in fiber that will keep their blood sugar nice and sweaty or steady, <laughs> sweaty. <laughs> nice and steady so we know the sweet spot in sports is good blood sugar regulation so we're not spiking so if you think about drinking a soda or eating skittles you're going to get a blood sugar spike right. and then it's going to drop and then you're going to need more again it's going to spike and drop and then you keep doing that and that becomes problematic from a gi standpoint we don't want them to need to eat during the game we want a nice steady blood sugar perfect example nick glidstrom mm -hmm. he's somebody his routine he he never used supplements he was such a great force for the locker room. You know, really? he, yep. The only thing he would ever, you know, look at would be its vitamin D. He didn't need them. He planned his meals accordingly. And so he actually would eat oatmeal before coming to the rink. And so oatmeal was his fuel of choice. We do a lot of oatmeal because the type of fiber that like, it has. Like instant keeps... oatmeal mixed with water? Do you yeah. use milk? Because I can remember years ago when I was a kid, it was we'd put milk in it. I so so my, my oatmeal that we, we like to prepare is oatmeal with walnuts, chia seeds, cinnamon, blueberries. So oh, it's wow. kind of an amped up oatmeal. Wow, yeah, it sounds um, kind of good. But actually. keeps your blood sugar nice and steady so we're not getting any spikes. So the sweet spot for sport for sure is blood sugar regulation. The more we exercise, the more metabolically efficient we become, meaning we're able to tap into our fat stores for fuel instead of going through our glycogen stores. So come the third period and overtime, you want to make sure you have glycogen available because there's a point where we run out and mm -hmm. we hit the wall or we bonk. So running out of fuel is a problem. So the more efficient we can become by the food we choose before the game, the better. And we don't want to eat too close to the game because then your muscles are in competition for blood flow with your stomach. So your stomach needs blood to digest oh, the food. Wow. So there's a competition going on and somebody will win. Well, you know, it, what sounds interesting about this is, is that it, what, what I really find fascinating, now when we talk about exercise, uh, you know, most people would say get your steps in or get mm -hmm. your walking in. Uh, you know, obviously athletes are practicing and exercising. And again, I'm, I'm more asking this question for, for the common person is, is that exercising is important. Is it cardio? And, and this might be, I might, 
I mean, maybe I should ask, you know, Pete Van Zant or somebody. I, yeah, uh, but, might cater, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, right, exactly. But is it, is it okay just, is it, is it, is it cardio or should you try to do a little weight training or, yeah. and vary it all through? I mean, it, like variety is the spice of life it and is. it seems that that's the, variety is the, you know, the, the road to good health. I, the American College of Sports Medicine position statement is a mix. You're mm -hmm. right, cardio and weights, especially to support lean body mass maintenance as we get older. So it's, it's important uh, for us to have some resistance training. We know it's funny because when our prospects came in, our, all of our draft picks were so tall and so lean. Yeah, they're all over six feet for the most part. And they're so lean. Yeah. And so all of them are told, you know, you need to gain X amount of pounds um, because they're so lean, you know, to put lean body mass on them. And and, for, but for, those are pounds or muscle pounds, not right, fat pounds. Right, and I think that's probably the question I get asked the most from parents, how, how can my son gain more lean body mass? And, you know, physiologically, we can only gain about one to two ounces of lean body mass a day. So if you do the math there, that's, uh, you know, 80 days for five pounds. Wow you know, 160 days for 10 pounds. So it, it's a slow amount that, that you can put on, you know, to a cruise. So a lot of guys get weight targets by X amount, two weeks, three weeks, and it's just not possible to, you know, put on that much uh, mass without using supplements. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> right. Which we don't right. want them to do. No, no you, they, they can use sup supplements yeah. either. Uh, I want to get back to something that, you know, because you know, the, we're all bombarded with studies, and there was one study that came out years ago that said you should base your diet on what blood type you are. And I'm O negative, and it said that I should eat red meat. That O negative should people that are, you mm -hmm. know for that blood type, it's uh, it's red meat, B positive or whatever was like fruits and vegetables. And, and I read this and I said, wow, that's just crazy. I I don't know wh wh what they're basing it on. Uh, is blood type any kind of factor, should you consider that at all when you're trying to plan out, uh, you know, your diet and a healthy lifestyle? It's a really good question. Blood type specifically does not have any evidence-based studies to show that that really makes a difference, but there are a lot of components in the blood that help us to understand how to support different athletes' needs. So, for example, somebody who has high cortisol levels, they're very stressed. Um, we know that looking at their carbohydrate intake before nighttime is, is an issue and that we can look at that. Um, so recovery is really important. We do measure testosterone, cortisol, creatine kinase. So there's markers in the blood that help us to understand how the athlete is wired. Right. So we know there's two different systems in our body. The sympathetic nervous system, which is the fight or flight. Mm -hmm. So if you get pulled over by a police officer, that's your sympathetic nervous system kicking in. And then there's the rest and digest. So if you just go to yoga and you're in a good flow state, right. <laughs> that's your parasympathetic nervous system. So how quickly can we transition an athlete from the sympathetic nervous system to parasympathetic. How quickly can they recover? And we know there's so much stress. You know, they, they have families, there's pressure to play Right, they're well, human to, beings. There's yeah. all kinds of things and going so on. And so how do we support that? And um, so looking at their labs, I sit down with each player and we put them in a red, yellow, green um, range. And so what, if their vitamin D is perfect, you know, if they're above 50, they're in the green. They're great, right? Um, if their testosterone is 800, we know they're raring to go. But if their testosterone is 300, we know we got to really support that. And we need to give them the proper foods to make sure that they have enough, right? So they, they can make testosterone. Right. Do, do they do... Do, does anyone fight you or teasingly fight you or do they are, are they all ears and eyes open you know just glued when you come into the room and you start saying something so we go through labs as, we do team labs and it's kind of fun I give awards out so there's an oh, iron really? <laughs> yeah. oh, really? I give the fountain of youth I give Iron Man um, really? I do and they they like they're silly you well know? they're athletes they're competitive <laughs> they I mean getting an award is you know the kind of sort of motivation for them too they are and so um, they, they're definitely um, 
competitive. They, they want to know who has the, the best testosterone or who has the highest vitamin D, and they're proud of it. So whatever works to get them to, to be perfect on paper, then we know we're set up for a better season. Um. Uh, I, I, again, I, just to wrap this up, because we're going to have you on again, because this is this is really a fascinating topic, and uh, you know, we, it, time has flown by. And you know, I, if people want to eat meat, is it free range meat? What should they look for? Because, or or should they really kind of concentrate on chicken? You know, or or or, or yeah, would no, you say, listen, I, do not eat meat? Better. Yeah. yeah, right. Just to, so so you're. So for, for you and for your listeners, I would say a few... A they're, few meat, they're meat eaters, Lisa, I'm telling you. Uh, they're meat eaters. So I, I would know where your food is coming from um, so that you know that there's not added hormones and okay. antibiotics in there. Um, trying to do the 80-20 where 80% of the foods you're choosing on your plate are contributing to your health. So again, how do you feel? If you have a day that you feel great chances are you may have had a really nice beautiful salad with seven different colors on it for lunch so we know that those kind of foods really do make you feel great there's a lot of awesome athletes out there ultra endurance people who are doing you know Ironmans, uh, Kona triathlons um, in, in their plant powered so we, we know that we can get a lot of what we need from plants so the emphasis does not need to be on a large portion of meat on the right. plate. But also for the listeners, you know, I would say knowing that they're well hydrated. Um, a lot of times we eat, but we're really thirsty and not hungry. Right. So what we do is we have the guys check their morning urine color, and we tell them it should be the color of pale lemonade or um, Bud Light for the, for the <laughs> hockey players. So if their urine looks like a Guinness, it's too dark. Right. <laughs> if it looks like a Bud Light, Good, good to go. So we, we have them look at their, their urine color in the morning. And then, um, you know, just looking at their plate, how, how colorful it is, and their sleep. You know, we didn't really talk a lot about right. sleep, but the, the one thing is we know that there's a lot of focus for athletes uh, for what they're doing when they're awake, right? So during practices, during games, that's all important. But in reality, most of their gains come from when they're asleep. If they don't sleep, their bodies cannot repair themselves. So we know that we secrete growth hormone at night. We recover at night when we are asleep. So there's five sleep cycles that we want them to get through every single night. It, it is, it is, it is, over the course of the, the, the sleep cycles, are they, in order to hit all those five cycles, do they have to sleep a certain amount of time? Yeah, you know, ideally for an elite athlete at this level, it's eight to 10 hours. And that's nearly impossible. I understand reality. Right. I've, I've had the benefit of traveling with the team. So I've been able to see how, how tough that schedule is. You know, departing after a game, getting into the next city at one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. Um, it, so it's, it's tough, right? And a lot of them may use some caffeine before the game. Right. We know that caffeine can help um, extend your glycogen stores. Right. So caffeine uh, inhibits phosphodiesterase, so you mobilize free fatty acids for fuel. So you get a little bit of a benefit from caffeine. So like, I think Henrik Zetterberg is, I think, 89 kilos. And so we dose caffeine, like, only 2 milligrams per kilo. So it's, you know, 200 um, milligrams of caffeine about 240 and he's getting that just in a, in a cup of coffee um, but that coffee that time of the night coupled with raising your body temperature right. while you're playing hockey doesn't give you the best night's sleep it's funny because some guys they don't use any caffeine Darren Helm is a real right. calm guy he doesn't, right. he doesn't right. use any caffeine at all so we try to set them up for better sleep. So the tart cherry juice is something that we do on the airplane. So they get an ounce. It's just a, a shot of tart cherry juice. And again, that's for the natural melatonin found in the tart cherry juice. We know that that helps set up our sleep cycles a little bit better. When you get something concentrated, and I really wanted to ask you this earlier when we were talking about the tart cherry juice, would it be better, because you're supposed to mix it, you know, it's concentrate, mix it with a glass of water. Would it be more beneficial if because it's thick and it's kind of syrupy and all that. Yep. I understand it's concentrated. To do a shot of it instead of trying to mix it. It doesn't matter. As, as long really? as you get all of it in, it doesn't matter. Really, really. It's fine to mix it with water. Yep. It is fine, but 
But if you just feel like doing a shot of it, they, that would they, be... Yeah, they just do the shots on the plane. Boy, that's, that, that, that's something else. <laughs> and speaking of which, and I guess we'll have to, we'll have to end it here, unfortunately, uh, that sleep is of essential, as you said. I don't know a hockey player, and I've covered a lot of them for many, many years, yeah. that don't talk about how important it is yeah. to get their nap in. They do. They guard their nap like it's their <laughs> life. I know. Well, a, a good night's sleep starts with when you wake up in the morning. So getting direct sunlight to your eyes. So no sunglasses for a few minutes. Right when you wake up, you reset your circadian clock. And then a lot of them will use teas at night. So there's like sleepy time teas uh -huh. that just have chamomile or valerian root um, to relax them. But then having a dark room, watching, you know, having a digital sunset, turning the phones off, the blue lights from our computer screens inhibit melatonin. Right. So taking care of that or using the blue light blocking glasses. Um, cooling the room, so you, getting the room down to 65 degrees. Cause oh, we, really we good. Get, we get into deeper sleep cycles when our body temperature is cooler, and then you know the the darkness. Getting massage, yoga helps, um, saunas, all of those things. You know we try to do uh, Epsom salt baths, so we know oh, that Epsom's, the magnesium right. at night can help um, with sleep as well. So we try to support all of those wow, things. Wow, that's uh, yeah, that's incredible. Now, is there because some people that I, you know, and I'm one of these, if I take a nap, and, you know, I, I, I enjoy sleeping just as much as the next person, but if I, if the nap is too long, I get up and I feel like, I, I do feel sluggish. Is there an optimum nap time? If you're, if you're going to sit down and take a, and try to get a nap, you should do it. Is it like 45 minutes or is it yeah. an hour? Well, or? the sleep specialists say, depending on which sleep cycles you're trying to, to touch on either a 20-minute power nap or the longer, you know, over an hour. Yeah. Over an hour nap, yeah. okay. But you don't want to sleep so much where then you're not waking up till the third period, right? So right, 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 <laughs> right, 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 right. So right. we wanted to be, you know, good, good enough to go. Use that as an excuse. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I napped too long, Coach, yeah. what the heck? Yeah, right, I, right. I was trying to do the best thing possible. So, you know, c c Coach is always looking at, and in, in he just gave a great speech in, in a good meeting today uh, with the team where he talked about our job is to, you know, outwork our competition, um, outcompete, and then outdetail. So paying attention to those little details at game 17, at game 24. You know, everybody starts the season with with a lot of energy, right. but how are you in the third period and in the overtime? And it's those little details that add up. There's a synergistic effect where one plus one is no longer right. two, it's 10. And, and with everybody being so talented in the league, those small little details, that little 1% can make the difference. So it could be good food, good sleep, good hydration, right? So arrive to practice in games well-rested, well-hydrated, and well-fueled. Well, I'll tell you, Lisa, you've inspired me to, to change my life here. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me yeah, on. I, I really appreciate it. Thanks for being on the Red and White Authority. Lisa McDowell, the uh, uh, the Red Wing Performance Nutritionist. Thank I you. can tell you're into it, and I can tell you love your job, and uh, obviously uh, the results do show on the ice. Thank you very much. Thank you.